0: And welcome to Rule of Three, a podcast about comedy. I'm Joel Morris. I'm Jason Hazley. And as usual, we're joined by someone who makes comedy to talk about something funny that they love. By taking it apart, maybe we'll learn something about how comedy works, or we'll just quote bits from it and giggle until we're finished. Both approaches are valid. Our special guest today is the wonderful Sarah Kendall.
2: Hey, hi. Hello. Hey. Thanks. I just Hello, want to Sarah. say just want to say up top it will be the latter. It'll definitely be the latter what, giggling. Of, the, of the yeah. It'll you're, not gonna, and giggling, yeah. you're not going to giggling. You're yeah.
0: not going to analyze this at all. Not going to work out how it works. Just going to laugh. Yeah,
2: maybe, but you know, I mean, we can analyze it and then go, yeah, the opposite's true. <laughs> just if you did the reverse it'd be just as funny.
1: Yeah. Should we try and perform two analyses on this? Should we do one and then just going from the completely other direction? Yeah, yeah. Freudian sure. Treated sure. like a debating society.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like the rest of the yeah. fucking
1: country appears to be. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or I'll set myself a writing task where I do the opposite of every instinct Larry Gelbart had with Tootsie. Just <laughs> see what, just see what I come with. up with. Almost, It feels a bit like
0: Hollywood's got into this jack now of doing sort of writing exercise. What would Ghostbusters be like if they were all girls?
2: Oh, probably is a that... little bit similar. It is, Yeah, it is so weird to think that you're shaking it up by just making it women. It's yeah.
0: just the same fucking film. Except it makes men angrier than it did before. It's not Which a always...
1: big reach either, is it? The gender swap thing. What, I mean, that can... women could be fighting ghosts?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. What? Women
1: could also be doing their own thing in a new and original original movie couldn't yes. they, you know
2: yes yes oh don't be ridiculous oh, no that you you've bought me already <laughs> <laughs>
1: no you beat us in a <laughs> in an award and you said the loveliest thing when you got up to collect the award yeah. um, it was the Writers Guild, Writers Guild wasn't oh, it and right, we yeah. were up for I think Kevin Eldon will see you now you won and you said uh, I'd like to thank my fellow nominees but uh, tough shit guys you lost <laughs> and I was so pleased that you made that moment very funny
2: oh I thanks was, I, I, and I meant and every word funny. of it <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that those I don't know it all gets a little bit worthy when person after person yeah. it gets to yeah. The microphone and acts like not acts, but when it sort of becomes disproportionately big, when we go, this is such a great. It's I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, after a while, it's just a, it's just yeah. a night and a thing. It's all yeah. right, and it's nice, but yeah. it's uh, there was. I think I can't. Re- I, I'm ashamed to say I don't know who actually uh, said this. But somebody got up at an awards ceremony, I think it might have been Sean McAliffe in Australia, and he said something like, It's ridiculous, this idea that they can pit a bunch of comedy shows against each other and come up with the best one. But evidently they found a way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, there's an enormous truth to that. Because I think that the dull thing, especially having been on, on awards panels and things, yeah. by the time it gets to the four yeah. or five, yeah. Usually, what people have done is chosen one of each. Yes. They've chosen like a serious one or a sad one or a silly one or a sketch show and one. one they, they've done the comedic equivalent of diversity casting. They've got yes. one of each. It That's is right. like the Ghostbusters. <laughs> they've yeah, got right. A yeah, one, yeah, a brainy yeah. one and a fat one. Yeah. And they've ended up with this thing. And then you go, well, what's the best one of those? And you go, well, the whole point is there isn't a best one.
2: That's right. It Except is. Except
0: your yeah. one, which was the best
2: one. Except on the one occasion when mine was that actually was the fruit. best. I mean,
0: people couldn't believe that had happened.
2: Yeah. It was. <laughs> <laughs> the shock, oh, the there, gasp in the auditorium. It was the best one. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it is it is absurd. And I've you know having done this job for you know twenty years, I've been on the receiving end of both. Like where you go, I didn't even get a mention. It was the best work I've ever done. Yeah. You know, and we've all had those things where we go, that was yeah. really good work and no one noticed it. And then sometimes you just get lucky and you get noticed. When you look back at your body of work, you go, yeah, I also got ignored many, many times for <laughs> yes. really good yes. work. It just yeah, didn't yeah. go my way that time. You yeah, know? Well, and, I, I often
0: use the, the comparison of, sort of like any work you're kind of digging a hole. Yeah. and you're digging yourself usually on your own digging yourself further and further yeah. down a hole and then when someone throws some praise in that's a little bit of soil that helps you helps you climb out yeah. and what you're hoping for over your career is you end up at about ground level again
2: oh that's brilliant <laughs> that's great <But> yeah,
0: so <laughs> it makes up for all the disappointments you go oh thank god because there were many many years where I was digging this hole on my own thank yeah. you for throwing some soil back in
2: that's so true and, and the, the, I was saying to I told you a friend today like I had a really big writing day today and at the end of it just the loneliness of just you know we don't have these the Sort of bustling workplaces, yeah. and there's work drinks on a Thursday, or mm. someone's organized a n- night out at a thing. <laughs> you know, we just sit on our own at our laptops and then get to the end of the day and go, Oh, well, I've finished now. And th- you've got to do something with it. You've got to go somewhere. You've got to see someone. You, you I, I think the loneliness of it can. I fall down an absolute K hole after a week of big writing. <laughs> I'm genuinely depressed. Yeah. Also, when you've done yeah, good I'm
0: work, when you've done good work and you've done it on your own, yeah. and then you get the applause or the, the applaud it to other months and months yeah, later. a year later. And yeah. I, it's slightly, I mean, obviously it's very, very satisfying, but oddly you wanted it on the day you thought yeah, of that that's idea. That's
2: so true. That's And that, uh, I, I was talking, I did um, uh, Museum of Curiosity. Yes, And I was talking to, talking to John Lloyd about it outside after we were all having a beer. And he was saying that there's that thing that, you know, when you get the award or if you do get an award, if something that lovely happens, there's this deflated feeling that it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything by that point you know it yeah. happened so long ago that you sort of you get this nice kind of like pat on the head and you're like thank you but it doesn't mean anything to me anymore. <laughs> like this, that, that happened ages ago. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah you, so,
1: you sort of want the award when you hit the full stop, don't you? Really? Yeah. You yeah. Go,
2: there it is. Yeah. Where's my or, or fuck, or Where's I'm my really, Where's my crown? Give right, me my crown
1: now. Right. Or on a really tough now. day,
0: you want you want someone to come along and say, "Oh, by yeah. the way, uh, in a, a couple of years' time, the thing you're doing at the moment will be yeah. brilliant." Yeah. Uh, I know you had a bad day today, but that idea you had about getting out through the trapdoor. Yeah, uh, that'll that, work. Here's here's the here's the award. Just save this oh, up. Uh, don't show anyone until two years' time. But basically, the award's coming. Yes. But it's really. I was having a pig of a day today. I couldn't write, and I was I was trying to move characters out of a hole, literally, literally out of a out of a room. Yes. And I couldn't get it to move. and I was going, like, "Will you will you move? Will you just move? Will, you, <laughs> will there be some motive that makes me go through this door?" And I was so annoyed. It was like herding cats. Yeah, they yeah, wouldn't.
2: Yeah. I was going. I
0: feel really again really lonely today. Do you
2: today. do you look back on like I, f- I feel like I've got a back catalogue of my favourite films. And think, how'd they get that person out of the room? How how, how did Billy Wilder, how did he get Jack Lemmon out of the room? How did he get the neighbour into the room? But the answer is, is it took
0: ages. I mean, the thing that I think people forget about writing is when you you read something. There's a great thing on Scrivener, the writing software. There's a button you can press that tells you how long it takes someone to read the thing you've written. It's amazing. It just says, this would take an average reading speed, an hour and a half. And you look at it and go, it took me a month to write. And the thing that people don't understand with writing is when you, when you consume it in a film or a TV show, a half mm. an hour or something, mm. it will have taken someone months to write. And the That's answer right. is you can't write real time, which is really odd because you think of ideas real time. Yeah. But you put so much density, you're writing and overwriting and overwriting that that thing where I don't know, Butch and not decide to rob the bank, and you know, that might have been months of thinking. Yes, but it will happen in real time in front of people. And people go, "How did they have that lovely idea of that astonishing thing? They were escaped disguised as nuns, and yeah, it will have yeah, been yeah. weeks of thinking,
2: and also weeks of wrong decisions. Yeah, like there would have been so many wrong decisions that led to the right decision, and that's kind of the thing. That's the the treacle that you're wading through. Is that even as you're laying down the groundwork, you know, you're laying down a bunch of mistakes that yeah. you are going to go back and read. Think. Like, you have to get through those. They yeah, yeah, done. yeah.
0: One of the things that's been really nice about the, sort of the birth of DVD and things, when DVD first came out, you got to see all those outtakes and deleted scenes and you went, yeah. these are terrible.
2: Yes. It was quite real Oh, my God. Have you been to the Kubrick exhibition? No, not yet. Do no, you know it was, what was amazing was seeing uh, the rushes, the ungraded footage of, it was full metal jacket, and it was when Vince... No, I'm going to mispronounce it. Racist! When he has shot the guy and he's turned the gun on Matthew Modine. And they show um, Kubrick kind of working through how they're going to do the scene. They're in a caravan, it's lunchtime, and they're in like someone's trailer. And, you know, they're throwing all these sentences out and practising it and it just sounds dreadful. (laughs) And then he's got them on set and you're watching the rushes and it looks stupid. Like, Vincent's (laughs) kind of going, with this deranged, but it looks like it's filmed through an iPhone. And you're like, oh, my God, you look ridiculous. And Matthew Modine's going, hey, man, like, you know, and, like, all of you look so stupid right now. And then you see it graded with music and the sound design and you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. This looks fucking fantastic. Raw
0: footage. Remember the first time someone I'm making something where someone working with an editor who said you've got to come and see the assembly and I had yeah. been kept out of that process. I'm a writer, I never see it. So yeah. come and see the assembly. Be warned, it will be the worst thing you've ever That's seen. That's
2: right. Yeah, it's gonna kill you, it's gonna I, crush you.
0: I, I just watched this thing and I went with, with Will McLean, who I'd written the thing with, and we went yeah. down to a pub afterwards very quietly. We went and we sat there. I'd never seen an assembly before. Mm. And I said, Do you know what's a really, really good <laughs> film? And he said what? I said, Nicholas Cage's remake of The Wicker Man. <laughs> <laughs> because it has, uh, it's got pace and it makes sense. I said, it was really good at Plan 9 from Outer Space. I, I could, I knew what I was doing, the sets, and, and you realise that when you see something, anything in a rough state, mm. it's so terrible. So And bad. you have to believe that at the end of it's yeah. Barry Lyndon. Yeah, somewhere that's right, that's right. A long way down the Yes. Port, but just to keep. Yeah keep the, the focus to not give up at yes. that early stage. I think it's 99% of what great directors do is they, they can see yeah. in the shit yes. the diamond that is to come.
2: But also they can see everything as a stepping stone. Yeah. Like, they know that if you've laid down the groundwork, this scene isn't going to look stupid. If yeah. everything that we've done beforehand has been so carefully done and planned... This is going to look fine. This on its own is complete lunacy. Yes. Yes. But you have to trust that, you know, and Kubrick in particular, you know, with that kind of savant, you know, the way <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you see his research cards for the film that he never did That's about Napoleon. Illness. That's what yeah, you are watching right. there
0: is mental illness. Yeah. As I
2: completely, completely. <laughs> he did. He knew exactly what he was doing. But I mean it's just seeing the, the comparison from Russia's to, to final products and, and yeah. Yeah. how much respect I have for it having seen my the, the show that I just filmed and having seen the, the initial assemblies and just wanting to throw myself out the window. Yeah. Like I wanted to just I thought, what would this look like right now if I just jumped out that window? <laughs> like when the editor turns around and goes, So what do you think? And I just crashed through the window. Yeah. So I'm just landing in Soho and telling me, Oh, she obviously just saw the first assembly. No,
1: Knowing that your own show would end with a card that dedicated your show to you, to the memory of you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so all of Soho is littered with people just on the paper.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh ass- first assembly.
2: Yeah. First yeah. assembly. Yeah, it is. It's spirit crushing. But
0: yeah. the thing that, that I remember saying to you when we first, almost when we first started writing together, not just for jokes, joke, for, for trying to build bigger things, like going on a long walk and saying, How are we going to write one of those good things? And then were you yeah. saying, Because you're a huge William Goldman fan, how do you start with a blank page and end up with Butch Casting the Sundance Kid? And people are always asking, especially a writer, they say, what books do you recommend? What courses do you recommend? And all they're saying is, what's the shortcut to get to that thing right. that will unlock the secret <laughs> of how you do this? And the answer is, you just have to take it one step at a time, and it's really hard. But the thing that's really daunting is your favourite films. And yes. you look at them and they're so perfect, yes. or the favourite comedy shows or your favourite routines or whatever. You look at them and you forget all that work that's gone into them and you go, how do I... If I've got that as the place I'm heading for, that's mm. my navigation beacon, that's my lighthouse.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know the route to get there. Yes, And obviously, neither did the person who made it, but all you've got to look at is the finished thing. Mm. And I think that the the thing you brought in today is a really good example of something which obviously for you is an absolutely brilliant piece of work, but when you read the story of how it was made, it is so torturous Mm. to make something that seems really seamless. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I I think Tootsie was came out in 1982. The way I sort of came to it was when I used to spend a, a lot of uh, summers at my grandmother's house during the during the summertime when it was school break. This is back in the days of just VHS videos, and she yeah. had um, she had maybe four or five videotapes. <laughs> like, that, that was. For a grandmother, that's quite good. Yeah, that's with the remote a control that you plugged in. Oh, I mean, yeah. she knew her a shit. Wired remote control. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah, she, she knew a way around a. I was going to say an electrical appliance, but that sounds like a dildo. Like I instantly went to dildo in my head. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, she she totally, yeah, yeah. She couldn't get enough. Uh, So um...
0: (laughs) that's why she didn't have time to watch many films.
2: Exactly. So that's why I was left alone with the VCR, Um, and she had she had three videos, and one of them one of them was Tootsie. And the other one was Lakaja Fall. Uh, which right. I couldn't read the subtitles fast enough, like I was too young. <laughs> uh, and I can't remember what the third one was. But a lot of cross dressing happening. Yeah. Here. It's quite a sort of Thematic. you know Yeah, I know. <laughs> I watched Tootsie I probably would have been about ten or eleven. I became quite obsessed with it. And I also really liked it because I'd watch it with my grandmother would always come into the room and, right. and watch it with me, and she would die with laughter. And I would be watching the jokes that I didn't get. Do you remember being at that age when you'd see something get a really big effect and you could, you didn't understand yeah. the content of the joke? Yeah. So there were there were jokes that I was missing, you know, for for age reasons. But I just throughout my life, I just. I'd, it just became this sort of touchstone and, and I loved the movie so much and I didn't realise as, as I kind of got more and more into comedy and then I figured out that Larry Galbart was the guy from who was writing MASH and I grew yep. up watching MASH all the time and then I went back to the Sid Caesar show. I'm like, oh, my God, Larry Galbart was working with Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. <laughs> like He was bringing 30 years of sitcom television writing yeah. and sketch writing that he did on the Sid Caesar show, bringing... That kind of punching weight of joke capability to a script and a story and with, with, you know, the the politics of Tootsie, it all just came together. The the older I got, the more I realised how much of a masterpiece, how layered it was as a masterpiece, Mm. you know. I'd like to make her look a little more attractive. How far can you pull back?
3: How do you feel about Cleveland?
2: You can enjoy it on a joke level. You can enjoy it from the character level. Like it has got that fantastic sitcom thing where every character is saying exactly the thing that they should say. Yeah in character and it's still a punchline. It's what I
0: always used to call uh, in something like Cheers a big precinct sitcom, it's like a pinball machine. Right. And everyone's a mushroom yes, and everyone's got yes. different points and the ball, the gag, yes. bounces off every mushroom on the way around the table.
2: Absolutely. The thing I love about Tootsie is that anything the person says is not only in character, but it's a joke.
0: I didn't yeah. realise that Elaine May is uncredited yeah. writing on this and yeah. wrote...
2: Bull- on Tootsie? On yeah. Tootsie, yes. No. She
0: didn't get a credit but she is credited with Terry Gar's character and lots of stuff about not the lines
1: for Bill Murray's character, but the setup of who he was
0: I'm pissed, I,
2: I'm pissed off I didn't know that i I'm just kind found of pissed off I didn't know
1: Her and Barry Levinson are the uncredited rewriters yeah. So you take a script
0: by Larry Gelbart yeah. you can give it to Elaine May and Barry Levinson and oh, you'll Jesus. get more jokes that was Ugh. a significant piece of work. I could have been terrific in that play. Michael, well, nobody's going to do that play. Why?
1: Because it's a downer, that's why. Because oh. nobody wants to
0: produce a play about a couple that moved back to Love Canal. But that actually happened. Who gives a shit? Nobody wants to pay $20 to watch people living next to chemical waste. They can see that in New Jersey.
2: The other thing about Twitzy is, you know, in 1982, they were doing very industry in jokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the whole situation with Sidney Pollock, that that relationship (laughs) is historical, And apparently Dustin Hoffman kept on saying, because of their dynamic on, you know, the way they were together. Sidney
0: Pollock's the director and he hadn't acted in about 20
2: years or something? And he was like a Stella Radler or one of those, like one of those kind of 1950s drama school guys. Right. Right. So he's a really good actor who, you know, just turned to directing. But apparently I read somewhere some time ago that Dustin Hoffman really kind of just begged him. He kept on saying, can you please play my agent? Like, every time they'd have these fights, he'd be like, this is great, we've got to use this. I mean, this <laughs> dynamic's hysterical. Actually,
0: that's the dynamic as well. The great thing about the the character that Sydney Pollack not only directs but plays Dustin's agent, mm. plays plays the character's agent in this. Mm. What's great is those are the exposition dumps. Yes. They're the bits which move the plot on. That's the big, so the big agent scenes are the things where he says, this mm-hmm. is just... No
2: direction. one we'll will hire you.
0: Hang on one second. Michael, will you wait outside, please? I'm talking to the coast. This is a coast too, George. New York is a coast too. Oh, boy. And he's doing it because he's the director. He knows yeah, what's at yeah, stake. Yeah. And there's a, the agent scene, the first big agency. scene, I, I watch these things with the timer on sometimes to go. Yeah. I've watched this loads of times for enjoyment. I thought, I'll watch it for analysis. Yeah. That agent scene which sets out the stakes and sets him going...
3: You were a tomato! A tomato doesn't have logic! A tomato can't move! That's what I said! So
0: if he can't move, how's he gonna sit down, George? I was a stand-up tomato! A juicy, sexy, beefsteak tomato! Nobody does vegetables like me! I did an evening of vegetables off-Broadway! I did the best tomato! The best cucumber! I I did an endive salad that knocked the critics on their ass! But well, you, You've had 18 minutes. That's of jokes 18 minutes in. My brain went, we're about five minutes into That's it. That's what about I to, thought. He's about to tell him what's yeah. going to go on. That's exactly on. what I thought. But there's been so much fun stuff over the titles, all the stuff the about party, acting. The, the there's been all these great party. scenes, all full yeah. of gags, all full of character. And the scene that says, this is the problem, this is what we're going to get. You
3: are a wonderful actor. Thank you.
0: But you're too much trouble. By the time that drops in, that's nearly the end of an American sitcom half hour. That's amazing. It drops in and it says, well, of course he's in that predicament because I've seen him. I've had a whole episode. That's almost like the end of episode one, if this was a four episode run of a sitcom. And it says, I know Michael Dorsey. I know he's got problems because I've seen them. You're going to have to make you believe this guy's going to do something absolutely mad. And it works because you've had 18 minutes of understanding
2: him. There's also, and some, I read Cameron Crowe's conversations with Wilder and, Billy Wilder was, I quite like how snippy it was. He said, you know, everybody was saying that Sidney Pollack was, you know, such a a genius for what they did with Tootsie, how they just dumped him on the street in drag walking down the street. They didn't show the preparation. You know how he went, yeah, he says, no one will hire you. And then he says, you want to bet? and then the music starts up and then you've got Tootsie walking Long down the shot. street. Yep. right? Yeah. Right. And Billy Wilder said, everybody was saying how clever that was. He said, that's exactly what we did in Some Like It Hot. Yes. He said, we just hard cut to them walking along the train platform with <laughs> <Yes>. the <to laughs> steam course. at their legs. We yes, didn't show the process of no. curling their eyelashes and finding a wig. We yep. just dumped the audience in it because it is such a leap that if you show it, then people aren't gonna buy it. Question it. But if you cut to the finished product where he's been in hair and makeup since 3 a.m. Yeah, realistically yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. to get Dustin Hoffman looking like, like that, that. <laughs> yeah. then we buy it. But you're right, you've got to put in all the psychological stuff there and then you've got to dump the audience in the sitcom kind of premise.
0: But I'd say that moment, that moment there, the 18 minute and then the cut to the long shot in the street, and you and you, it's a crowd of people mm. and bobbing out of it, you slowly discern mm. is that that's Dustin Hoffman in yeah. drag. And Dorothy becomes visible there. Yes. Not showing the transformation is Brilliant, it hadn't occurred to me. Well, it, don't the credits
2: gone? go over the top of the curling of the eyelashes and well, close-ups of powder Well, at the
0: beginning, on... the credits go over him making himself up to be a just a stage actor. Yes, so it says, this right, guy yes. has these skills. So he's, he's putting a moustache yeah. on, isn't he? Yeah, that's and
2: right, it's, it's, death it's, of a salesman. And yep. it's brilliant, because <laughs> that
0: opens up, and that tells you he has the, the, he has the talents to transform himself.
2: Right, is my which... acting interrupting your conversation? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: always lovely. <laughs> so it tells you he can do it.
2: So, Ma- you, so you buy that immediately. <laughs> he comes out as a boy, I'm dead He's like a little boy (laughs) You're
0: looking for someone older Someone
2: younger Someone different
0: Someone else
2: (laughs) Which is all beautiful that's And then in in amongst that He's doing the drama classes Yeah Where he's just falling down A rabbit hole You may be high on If But (laughs) Every
0: one of those things They do in that that Opening sequence Where the titles are still running It then tells you What's going to happen in the film So Uh he says things like Improvisation is your biggest tool. Here I am putting on makeup. And so by the time 18 minutes comes in and you do that sharp cut, you know it is not inconceivable this man could do this. Right. He has the
2: the, the skill set.
0: Yeah. And you totally believe it. But that cut that says, I will not show you him fetishizing the body. Yeah. We will not do it. In in all those body swap or mind swap comedies, in all of me and things, there's the fascination of going to the toilet if you turn into a man. Right. Or your breasts if you become a woman. Yeah. By by saying it's nothing to do with the body. It's all to do with the mind. That's right. Yes. It just pushes it into a completely different thing there were a lot of body swap comedies around at the time yeah yeah this is one about saying again, yeah. it just all it says is you're going to walk around in someone's shoes yes which is a completely different yes and classy thing I think Pollock said Dustin Hoffman wanted to do more outrageous mm. I'm a woman stuff and he yeah. went no no and I think that cut to the crowd is Pollock's brilliant like, lift from yeah. From something like a hop that says, yeah. We're gonna do the mind. Yes, not the this, body.
2: This, this is a, the, yes, that's so true. George, 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 it's-, it's Michael Dorsey,
0: okay? Your favorite client. How are you? Last time you got me a job, was it was a tomato. Oh
3: no. no. Yeah.
1: Swear to God. Oh, God, I begged you to get some therapy. I
0: know, and you also told me that no one would ever hire me again.
1: Jesus Christ, do you think this is going to make a difference? I was thinking about how you would go about either writing or acting this, because when you... Though it's very, very straightforward to follow, Mm. you pull out from it, you go, what's going on here is that there is an actor, Dustin Hoffman, playing an actor who is having to act in real life in order to get a job Acting, <laughs> and you go, This is quite hard to unpick, isn't it? On yeah. the page, if I'd been writing it, I think I'd have been struggling and yes. kind of setting fire to post it notes and things. But, yeah. but actually, it's a really it's a very because it's in a straight line, yes, you can get there easily, yeah. but there are layers around this. It's a Russian doll, isn't it?
2: The pitch, yeah, I, I can imagine it falling apart when you're trying, like, yeah, when he, you're yeah. trying to describe yes. How this would you idea, pitch it? yeah, when you try to Fuck. describe it to someone. It would ju- I'd, i mean you'd just lose so much confidence even just saying it out loud it's also just done that fantastic thing where all the people surrounding this absurdly huge conceit they just they're just a way in each one of them is a way in to help us kind yeah. of go along with yeah. the journey, you know Terry Garr. Charles Durning. I mean, oh, Charles, Durning Charles Durning is just. I mean, he's he's, pl- he's
0: playing the Joey Brown character from Right, i like It hot. Right, right. Nobody's perfect, nobody's
2: perfect right? Yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah.
0: weirdly, when Joey Brown is quite cartoonish, and Charles Durning is the, is almost against Dustin Hoffman playing it far more real, yes, far more realistic. Yes. You really. I mean, he is probably. I feel for him and his romance. Yes. Almost more than I feel for Jessica Lange and Dustin Hoffman's romance. Yes. I would be happy. If Jessica Lang and Dustin Hoffman didn't get together at the end
2: which they don't assent they don't kind or even of... if, even if they
0: left on bad terms as yeah. long as he didn't upset
2: Charles Sterling. I know and and that's that's kind of the the genius of it is that you put those characters in that you know so that the balloon didn't fly away you know yeah. it kind of kept us in and it also kept us in a world of consequences yeah like yes. There, there is something yeah. quite considered about I can't believe I'm gonna say this out loud but the impact of Michael Dorsey's ambition and the impact of the deceit. Hmm. To actually put a kind of almost Shakespearean kind of, oh, but they're you know. He did there a bad are, thing. There are consequences for these lies. You know, well, it, yeah, w- yeah. It, it was just. I... You
1: sort of broke Les's heart for the second time. He's yes. a widower and you kind of broke his oh, heart. He
0: promised him time. an yes. impossible <laughs> woman. And yes. also the, the subtext of you promised Jessica Lange. Not, uh, she wasn't coming for a romance with you. Yeah. She was coming for a mother. She lost her mother. That's right. She trusted and, yeah. you. And there's that lovely lot of that reaction from, from Bill Murray where the first time he sees Dorothy, he goes, Mom? (laughs) And you go, he's not a drag act, he's not playing a sexy woman, he's playing a woman. The humour in Tootsie comes out of... A kind of ridiculous situation, which is handled as though it's Shakespeare or Chekhov or something. The, the poster, which you brought up, Jason, you sort of said, "There's that poster with her against the American flag," and you go, "It's an American sweetheart story." But
2: also, I've got the poster, of and the you have. poster says, uh, "Signed by Sidney Pollack." I don't mind saying. Oh wow! It's framed and signed. <laughs> oh, wow! How did, you, how did you get it signed? All right. So, but just uh, the, oh, sorry, It yeah. says, "What do you get when you cross a hopelessly straight, out-of-work actor with a dynamite red sequin dress?" you get America's hottest new actress. So the, the the actual picture is hopelessly straight. Like, they were going out of their way to go, this is not gay. <laughs> like, why did they have to put hopelessly straight at the top of the poster? It's the yeah. most bizarre. Don't worry, guys. Don't it's worry. Fine. Don't worry. It's not going to be like, Midnight no. Cowboy He's yeah. not going to be A little bit
1: gay Yeah Hopelessly get... is the word That I get
2: Yeah yeah oh, He can't stop He just can't stop Hopelessly Nailing Poon straight. He just can't <laughs> Fucking help himself Well they
0: do that At the beginning he, You see him At all the, the club scenes right. And things There is a, a Well I mean We'll talk about The politics of this At the yeah. beginning he is very little of Tootsie, I would argue, has dated badly. It's I actually it's remarkable brilliant. that it's lasted. Yes. Most 1980s comedies with any kind of gender or sex things yeah. dated horribly. Yeah. Weirdly, this one is still watchable. The point it's making is still really good and still enjoyable. Yeah. The weird thing is, at the beginning, watching someone play a player. Yeah. And you go, he's not very nice. No, but they make sure that you see he is going to yes. hit anything with a pulse. Yes, to say that this isn't a gay thing he's about to do.
2: That's right. And uh, yes, so yeah, that's that's the one. What do you get when you cross a hopelessly straight, out of work actor with a dynamite red sequin dress? So that's all right. So this is how this is how I got it signed. Yeah. Uh, Sydney Pollack directed sketches of Frank Gehry, and um, there was a talk at the Hospital Club in Covent Garden, and it was the two of them uh, uh, doing a presentation about the film that had just come out, and it was. Very, very poorly publicised and only about 30 of us turned up. Wow. And I brought my Tootsie poster just on the off chance that he might sign it, and there would have been about, of the 30 people there, 10 of us had Tootsie posters, like it was just (laughs) a cabal of underground Tootsie enthusiasts. The fucking guy next to me had Jessica Lange, Dustin Hoffman's, Charles Durnings, and he's like, "Wow." he said, I've already got the trifecta, but I'm going for Sidney Pollack as well. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) So uh, Frank Gehry and and Sidney Pollack kind of talked for a little bit, and then they said, look, this is it's kind of weird there's not very many of us so we're just going to mingle we'll just open the bar and you can just come and talk to us and we'll just chat and we'll just be in the room
1: brilliant
2: and uh, I just it's just a terrible thing when you go probably one of the artists I admire the most and has affected me in terms of my life choices is standing over there do I actually go and talk to them because it can't go well I mean the status (laughs) is so unequal he's never going to say to me oh my god you also have affected me in the same way Sarah (laughs) but I, I kind of went over I said I'm really sorry to do this. Uh, but would you sign my Tootsie poster? And he was delighted. He was like, Oh, of course, you know, he's really happy and he, and uh and we started chatting and then about and it was going okay. And then about two minutes into our chat, I just had that Holy shit, this is the guy who did out of Africa. This is the guy who did they shoot horses, don't they? And then I just kind of climbed up and went, I gotta go. Like I just yeah. I just didn't. I would it would, after two minutes, enough's enough. You just gotta get out.
0: You can't. You're never gonna become best friends. No. The moment you hand someone a poster of a film of theirs, you're like, you are not on it. Are you not peers?
2: No, we're not peers. We're simply not peers. <laughs> very, very
0: rarely do I meet a friend for a drink and bring a poster of their work.
2: <laughs> well, just just, just start doing that really yeah. socially, mm-hmm. just bring And yeah. really eggy old Edinburgh posters. Yeah. I'm like, we're really <laughs> I bad ones. Yeah. The really bad ones, oh, yeah. Yeah. or even
1: if there's someone who you know isn't involved in uh, in performance or whatever, but Make maybe a they they ran a stall at the school <laughs> fate. Take a school. Could you sign the fate poster yeah. for me? You know.
3: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile,
1: we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Tutsi is an interesting film because it comes out at a time when there are a, couple, a few of these films, like sort of 95 and things, that are regarded yeah. as great. Almost uh, oh feminist films. That, yes, no, and film. the
2: remit was quite blatantly political. Like even yeah. with Nine to Five, what had happened was Jane Fonda had been involved with uh, trade unions and and was this was her peak activism kind yeah. of you yeah, know, after yeah. after, after the Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, and there was this minimum wage discussion, and then and then she started doing. I, I, I read her, her autobiography. Where she didn't mention the affair with Donald Sutherland, and then like ten years later she went, "Of course we were sleeping together during Clute. I'm like, "You didn't want to put that in your autobiography, no, Jane?" Save that
0: one for another. Yeah,
2: fine. Yeah. Um, but when they were when they were sort of saying we should come up with a script about secretaries not being paid well and how women are treated in the workplace. And then, of course, somebody had the great idea to make that a comedy. Like, yeah. and, and the thing that they were saying is, do you ever fantasise about killing your boss and the the laughter that would go through the room? And yeah. then they were like, "That's our film. That's Yeah, yeah. And they, these were comedies that were blatantly, they had this agenda. They were, you know, they were coming from a place of, we're not just writing a sitcom, we're actually, this is about yeah. something more meaningful. and Advancing
1: an argument, yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And I love that. I love that with Tootsie. That just the care and attention... When, he, when um, Jessica Lange says, Oh, God, wouldn't it be so refreshing if a man would just come up to you and just say...
3: I could lay a big line on you. We could do a lot of role-playing. But the simple truth is, I find you very interesting and I'd really like to make love with you.
2: Simple as that. And you can see Dorothy Michaels slotting the information away. And then when he sees her at a party, he walks over as Michael Dorsey goes, You know...
3: I could lay a big line on you. And we could do a lot of role-playing. But the simple truth is, is that I find you very interesting. And I'd really like to make love to you. You know?
2: It's a And He doesn't even finish the sentence because she's tipped a drink in his face. Yeah. It's just, you know, and that is such a beautiful way to play out. She's given him this, this, this piece of information. He's gone, right, I know how to get into her pants He's played it out, but in completely the worst, most offensive <laughs> yeah, yeah. permutation of it, and he's got nowhere. That reminded me of the,
0: Bill Murray's in this, the great uh, Groundhog Day thing. Exactly. Yeah, There's yeah. no exactly. point That's having it. all the advantages and all the tricks. You can't yes. trick someone into yes. bed if you don't do it with a pure heart and honest That's, intent.
2: I love the if, mania of when he's building the snowman for like the eight billion times. Ha, ha, the children are off. I want to have tons of kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's that, it's you, you can't trick someone. The, yes. the, the message of a good romantic comedy is you can't trick someone yes, into bed. It's a exactly. great mistake in, in a romantic thing where you go, well, if I learn... And the drums she'll love me there, there aren't tricks you just have to do it honestly and openly and yes consensual consent is sexy
2: yes um, <laughs> it's so sexy it just,
1: it's just a good
0: but idea But right
2: he get he's being rumbled for trying to trick her and just he to win her honestly yes. because he
1: thinks he's got the password doesn't yeah. he basically. that's right that's it's not right. about a password
2: and right it
0: did, and he did remind me of that dynamic there what i think is interesting about uh tootsie is, is this kind of thing is it, a fem- it is a feminist film yes definitely a feminist film and it certainly is regarded by by loads of people you included mm-hmm. is that it's done with a man it's yes. Mrs Brown's boys it's, wow. it's one of those things where you go well the great thing about comedy on BBC One is there are many female, strong female characters <laughs> such as this man in a dress <laughs> and it's got a strange thing okay, it makes this argument for it but yeah. weirdly I think it stands up completely you look at it and you go this is about walk a mile in someone's shoes yes. this is, there's a there's that first wave backlash yeah. against second wave feminism yes. where the men are going we're giving up too much here because yeah. the women they burn their bras and they're getting a bit aggy and then it does a really neat thing of saying, well, what would it feel like yeah. to have to be it? I read The Second Sex. I read The Cinderella Complex. I'm responsible for my own orgasm. I don't
2: care! Oh, God, I love when Dadney Coleman is in uh, Jessica Lane's kitchen and he uses exactly the same lines that Michael Dorsey used when he was excusing the way he was treating Terry Garth. Yeah. Mm. And Dadney Coleman's going, I, look, I never promised her I'd be faithful. I never said that... We were in an exclusive relationship and now she's expecting it of me. And as Dorothy Michaels, she says, you know what, Ron... I understand you a lot better than you think yeah and she is seeing she he dustin hoffman is seeing his own argument being fed back to him about it a woman bad. he actually loves and he's yeah. falling in love with her and that's exactly what he did to terry Garr, and terry Garr loved him and he threw it back in her face and now dabney coleman's doing that to the woman. it's just this beautiful positioning of all these points of
0: the the, the blessing is it, it reminded me in a brilliant way, I think like Freaky Friday. Yes. What would it look like to be your mum? And you he yeah, go, she's less yeah, annoying yeah. if I if yeah. I spent a day being my mum and vice versa. It's just about empathy. Mm. And there's that wonderful line where Michael Dorsey says, Jeff says, see this lingerie, do you know what it costs on the makeup? I don't know how a woman can keep herself attractive and not starve these days. I'm darting. <laughs> I've got to get up at 4.30 and do a close shave. Yeah. And you'll go, yeah, of course you have to because you're pretending to be a woman. And then you think, no, all women are pretending to be a woman by this standard. Yes. Because these are the terms we yes. allow women to be women.
2: And when uh, when Jeff is holding up different outfits for him to wear and, and he's the, going, oh, no, 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 those the stripes, they get me across the, the, the and, they, and they make me look a little bit too hippie. That will cut across the bust. That's going to cut across the bust. And he's already getting, like, body dysmorphia problems. <laughs> yeah. He already knows which garments make his bottom look too big. Jeff says,
1: I think we're getting into a weird area here. <laughs> that was my favourite line in the film, actually. <laughs> but, yeah. Bill Murray's brilliant in it. I mean, it sort of goes without saying, doesn't it? But, he,
2: but again, and he anchors it he's one of those people because there is such an integrity about him and he does call shit that's kind of what his character does because his yeah. character doesn't call shit then again it's another way for us to believe that he's getting away with this yeah he's
0: a witness he yes. is a, we've talked about this before saying that if you've got a character who's either doing something improbable or is dislikable yeah. a character witness in the script really helps yeah. so the fact that you go well I like Bill Murray he's Bill Murray he's uncredited in this as well he's another person who did the job he and took really? no credit he? but he is so real and authentic mm. you go well that world's real and it appears to have this man in dragon in it, yes. who no one's questioning. Yeah. You're asked to suspend disbelief, not only that he could pass as a woman. Actually, yeah. he does, I think. I think you
2: do believe. In low definition cinema, yes. think. I think, in, I think <laughs> in high def, we might struggle yeah. with it a
0: bit more. He passes fairly well. But the mm. big question is, can you believe that he would be an inspirational figure for yes. women? Yes, yes. And that's probably the biggest leap to make. And oddly, there is a political aspect there saying, well, weirdly, at the time, maybe the only person who could be an assertive mm-hmm. woman on screen is a man.
2: And also the cheer squad of women going, yes! Like, he had the arrogance, he had the male entitlement to when, it, when he was being the victim of sexism to go, fuck that, because yeah. he had that sense of entitlement from being a man, which women aren't, you know, certainly in 1982, a lot of women weren't born with that sense of outrage. So when he was calling it, there are a bunch of women going, yes! Like, that's the, you're giving voice, you're articulating really? the thing. And when he'd do those ad-lib rants... You know what? Uh-oh. I think I'm gonna give every nurse on this floor an electric cattle prod and instruct them to just zap them in his Badoobies. Cattle <laughs> prod Ruby? You know, I did looking up in the yellow pages. <laughs> you wanna open up the yellow pages and under the
3: section of the uh, farm equipment retail? Go, go. Go.
2: Go. <laughs> I love that during these scenes you can see the auto queue scrolling oh, back and forth because they're a trying to find detail, isn't it. That? <laughs> which line is he on? <laughs> Someone on auto queue is trying to find the line that he's that he's improvised. <laughs> My favorite line that he gets is when there's the big reveal. That speech still makes me laugh, that speech. The way they've set it up that the guy in the editing suite's drinking too much and then he spilt drink all over the, the film, so they're going to have yep. to shoot it live. And yep. then John Van Horn's going, I don't see why we can't use it even if it is a bit sticky, <laughs> you know, because he's so scared of improvising. <laughs> Michael Dorsey does that walk down the staircase where he's just making up. And, that, and this is something that I'm so confused about as a, as a writer, is that really the comedy crescendo of that movie is a quote-unquote improvised piece. Yeah. yeah. Did Dustin Hoffman stand there and improvise it, walking down the stairs, just coming up with any... Like, Did they do a whole bunch of takes, or did they script it really carefully and say, act this like your mind is in panic? Now, you all know that my father was a brilliant man. He built this hospital. What you don't know is that to his family, he was a un- merciful tyrant. Uh, absolute
0: dodo
1: bird.
2: But if I was writing that, I would think there is no way that a pretend ad lib <laughs> is going to be a strong enough crescendo. Yeah. Like, I would be yeah. really wary of writing any dialogue where the actor is supposedly improvising in a high stakes situation. Yeah, and for that to be enough for the audience to give yeah. a shit, she, uh, she she went riding one time and lost all her teeth. I don't know whether I've all overthought this, but if I wrote that dialogue out on the page. Yeah, I would go. This is all going to add up. It's going to it. die. It's, it's going, going to... to die, or it's going to be edited well, out. In fact, she was so terrified that she would uh, that, 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 that the baby daughter would bear the stigma of illegitimacy
0: that she she decided to change her name and she contracted a disfiguring disease after moving to Tangiers. I mean, they've got Dustin Hoffman, and he can sell stuff really well. Yes. It's in his eyes that he's thinking while he's talking.
3: Yes, but she was deeply, 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 deeply loved
0: by her brother. But those are the same eyes that gave you that amazing transformation scene where yeah. his agent said you won't get the job, yeah. and he just looks a bit to the left, yeah. and then you buy the fact that the next shot he's dressed as a woman, and he's certainly good at as a method actor, I suppose, occupying in his head the mental space where the character would be. Yeah. But in that improvised scene, I'm with you. I look at it and go, he's making this up. Swore to the good Lord above that he would follow in her footsteps, and 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 and, and just just just
2: just 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 just. just just, just, don't, don't, just, don't, don't, okay. don't it. Oh, owe it all up to her, but on her terms. God, here come the terms. But what's so great about that is that it's so layered because we're watching Dorothy Michaels <laughs> panicking on air, losing her shit, knowing full well that it's Michael Dorsey Pretending to be Dorothy Michaels. And then on another level we know that's Dustin Hoffman being Michael Dorsey being Dorothy Michaels. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm laughing at is what I'm trying to say. I don't know if I'm <laughs> I don't know what I'm I don't know why I'm finding it so funny. I can't. It's an quite... authentic
0: panic. You can see an authentic yes. panic in it. And also the fact there's a great joke. I wrote this down, said it's a great joke on soap opera. Yeah. That at this point in a soap opera.
2: It could be believable. Yes. This
0: kind of plotting yes. would be acceptable. The idea that basically whatever's written on the auto cue is probably no less implausible about yes. long-lost brothers and long-lost identical yes. twins and things than what is coming out of his mouth. He's doing it in the idiom. He's using the voice yes.
2: of soap opera. For
1: I am not Emily Kimberly.
2: I'm Edward
1: Kimberly, the reckless brother of my sister Anthony.
2: <laughs> but are we also laughing because we're seeing Dorothy Michaels come apart at the seams? Because <laughs> Dorothy Michaels does not come apart at the seams. Dorothy Michaels is fucking on it. And now we're seeing the kind of the shaking of the of the walls. We're seeing the facade cracking and crumbling and, you know, Michael is kind of coming up for air. Yeah. I just wouldn't trust in that if I was writing it, that the audience would go, oh my God, he's improvising live on air. What high stakes. Yeah. Oh, this is really high stakes. But I suppose they've kind of threaded that in really carefully. They in, in, they, they cut away to people eating their lunch, watching it. Yeah, and they do cutaways of letters coming in, like all the letters coming in from women going, "I love this show, I love this character." You know, there's cutaways of Jeff eating his lunch, watching Tootsie, or whole groups of women yeah. playing cards, watching the Southwest General. But I just, I suppose, I wouldn't trust the high stakes kind of nature of that if if I. But then there's a precedent for. I mean, Network. I'm mad as hell, yeah. and I'm not going to take it yeah. anymore. Yeah. I suppose there is that cinematic. Precedent of someone losing their shit on air yes. and it being a big deal. It, that's well, and you've got multiple
1: before. adrenaline streams going on there, yeah. haven't you? You've got the production crew panicking, the producer and director <laughs> panicking, you've got you've got Michael panicking, you've got Dorothy panicking. So you sort of think, yes. you could go, well, if Dustin Hoffman were panicking in this scene, that would fit in perfectly, wouldn't it? Yes. It would harmonize with everybody else's adrenaline going
0: crazy. But you look at what you're, it's, it's a high stakes scene in a kind of, I mean, it's a tribute to the directing. Yeah in a very low-stakes environment. Because, to be honest, this is Acorn Antiques. Yes. This, that When, ha- when this yes. happens in the Acorn Antiques thing, you like, come on, Bo, come on, improvise. <laughs> yeah. When that happens with Maggie Steeds being the director, you're laughing, you're rolling around laughing. Yeah. But at this point in this film, because it's been played straight and the stakes have been set out really well, you're really on edge that either the, the, the soap opera's going to collapse or mm. he's going to lose his career or anything. There's a great thing he said. He said it again and again, Dustin Hoffman. He said, to me, this wasn't a comedy. Great. And he mm. said, he, the great quote about him is, which is the, the story he tells again and again, which he said, he put the makeup on for the makeup tests. And he looked at it and he said, I won't do this unless you can make me a convincing woman. And they made him a convincing woman. It was hours of work. Mm. It was originally going to be a prosthesis. And he said, he just looked like a woman with a big head.
3: Sure. <laughs> so he
0: said, just do it with makeup. And they did it with tape, like, like mm. Orson Welles, young makeup mm. for Citizen Kane, pulling the skin back, changing stuff, the high collar for the yeah. Adam's apple and thing.
1: I went home and started
0: crying, talking to my wife. And I said, I have to make this picture. And she said, why? And I said, when I look at myself on screen, and I know that if I met myself at a party, I would never talk to that character because she doesn't fulfill physically the demands that we're brought up to think women have to have. She says, what are you saying? And I said, there's too many interesting women I have not had the experience to know in this life. Because I have been brainwashed, and that was never a comedy for me. And you realise one of the things that makes this work is that I don't think it's a comedy to Dustin Hoffman. Yes, and because of that, he plays it all with an incredibly straight bat and incredibly high stakes. Geez, I love that.
2: Stake. I love that joke. I want to make her look a little prettier. How far can you move back? How do you feel about Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> what well, they're all saying—they're all admitting she's no looker. That's right. That's right. But that and that makes John Van Horns lust for her, even <laughs> funnier than, oh no! Like singing outside a fucking window. Well, I mean, that
0: that comes completely from, I don't know, that feels like Bugs Bunny dresses a girl bunny it, and i like yes, falling yeah, in love. That is
2: so <laughs> true, that yeah. is so true. And what I love about that, that big reveal scene is that you just have, in true sitcom fashion, character joke, character joke, character joke. Like John Van Hot, like when she goes, you know, I'm Edward Kimberly. you know, yeah. he's done the big reveal. And then they go, we cut to a break and everyone's going, whoa! And then I think the female, the producer of the show, you know, she's Edward Kimberly,
1: um, and I'm not mentally ill, but proud damn. and lucky.
2: Yeah, because yeah. she's kind of gone. What is going on with you the whole time? And then they cut to John Van Horn, and he says, "Does Jeff know?" <laughs> 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 He's assumed. As
0: you, you set up a bunch of great responses because then you can pass back again the so pinball come back, and it can yes. come back to Bill Murray, and he can say,
1: "That is one." nutty hospital
2: and and the way charles derning eats his fingers the the hamburger falls out of his hands cuz he's watching it on television charles derning the the hamburger falls out and then he just shoves his fingers in his <laughs> mouth <laughs> he eats his fingers <laughs> Just every single character, every sin- and Terry Gard just screams. Yeah. In. she is so funny in this. I, I've got brilliant. a shout out to Terry God. I love her. She's so she d- great. She
0: does wronged women really well because yes. she's the wife in Close Encounters, which is one of the first grown up films I ever watched growing up. What? She's She's the woman who Richard oh Dreyfuss leaves God. to go with aliens. She is brilliant being paired with men who are pricks. Yeah, and you look at her and go, "Don't hurt Terry Garr. She mm. plays Phoebe's mum in Friends. That's in right. Right. Mm. Perth, best casting there's ever That's been. That is Because she yeah. is just that. But I love her. She's so funny in this. Yeah. That brilliant line where she said, like, I paid $24 for these glasses. <laughs> Would the actresses moan that she's come for a part she's not even going to get and she's been made to spend money on glasses? Yeah. <laughs> Did anybody hear me? What? Yes, I have.
3: I've
0: been trapped in that bathroom for half an hour.
2: Sorry. I'll have to remember that if I ever do a scene where I'm trapped someplace, you know? Yeah. She does that lovely line, I don't, you know, he says, can't we be friends? And she says, I don't take this shit from friends, only from lovers. <laughs> just a, <laughs> such a beautiful piece of, I mean, I, that's the thing, you know, every time I watch it, and, and when you talk about those, those pieces of, of, of art that in a way they've inspired you, in a way they always kill you a little bit. Yeah. Like, just the fact that everything has just been lined up so Perfectly and thoughtfully, and and done with kindness. Like yeah. it's actually, yeah. it's yeah. got it's got a really true heart. The um, moment
0: Charles Dunning turns up and you go, he's got like this soft, puppyish face, and you go, don't hurt him. Yeah. And actually, I think I trusted. No, you won't. Yeah, they won't hurt him. Oh, it's, it's a good film.
2: When when they're on the swing and he sits down on the swing and it creaks yeah. <laughs> terribly. <laughs> you know, I only took two pictures in my whole life:
0: my high school graduation and my wedding. And my wife was standing next to me in both of them. Now, I never thought I'd want anybody to fill her place.
3: All that changed last weekend. Lester. Leslie.
0: Leslie. Don't interrupt your brother. Weirdly, as a film, it's so satisfying. And I think I, f- watching it, I watched it at Christmas, bizarrely, which I think is why right. I ended up talking to you about it. Right. As it was the only thing that was on that all my family, extended family could agree to sit and watch. Right. Uh, three or four generations of the family all sat down and watched this and we all really enjoyed it. And I'd forgotten what a good film it was. Yeah. And you were talking about it. So I said, oh, God. And he said, it's my favourite film. It doesn't ever feel clunky. It's no. not obvious. No. All those setups and payoffs, the. Everyone knows how and writing works, It should, works. shouldn't it? It yes.
1: should feel clunky. I agree. Because the whole kind of. Right from the off, the idea that you are filming a soap opera and no one is going to fire you for just making whole scenes up in yeah. the studio. That is so true. That's incredibly yeah. far fetched.
2: That is so true. And yet you
1: buy
0: it. How do
2: we you? get away with that? Is because she's such a hit? Such an I instant th- hit? And is I that think that it's why? All the,
0: there's a look in the director's. Not the director's, the, that's producer. Coleman, the producer's face yeah. that says. It's got something. And, also and, and it that tells you the idea yeah. that someone is on her yeah. side. Yes. That also, uh, this show is its kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. So anything that gives it an edge, anything that gives it a bit of a... But that's all done in looks. It's not. Yeah. No one says we need something to make this show great. Some of it is in unsaid stuff and in looks. And some of it is what I always call audience gravity that the audience is naturally pulling this thing forward. It wants it to succeed. Right. So you go, I'll tell you what, I'll park my objections to this ludicrous thing because all I want is I want to see a scene where where she goes and tells the guy what she thinks of him. You're pulling it towards it. So every time a scene starts, through charm and being clever than it needs to be and treating the audience with respect, we're all on side in the conspiracy of making this work. But Mm. also
2: I think the character, the producer, who would be the first person to go... No. Like you, you as you say, you can't just come in here and ad lib. It, it like that that's that's not going to work for us. Yeah. But there is that scene where she says, you know, do you know what? You're a real pain in the ass. I've got the most expensive director in television and you've got him on the back foot. You know, she gives a number of reasons why this is a disaster, and then she says, "But people love you." You know, and she, we're we're getting all these all these fan letters. We've gone up however however many viewership points, well, your yeah. ratings points. Congratulations, we're going to renew your contract for another two years. And then they just <laughs> they zoom in on Dustin Hoffman, and then you hear him gulp. He hears yeah <laughs> "This fantastic, <laughs> ridiculous." <laughs> It's it's a perfect setup because,
0: weirdly, it is a farce. As a structure, it's a farce. Yes. But instead of trapping him in a cupboard or something, you've trapped him in that outfit. Yeah. This could tip over into bad taste or. I mean, I think what's shocking watching it again is that it manages to navigate that. Yeah. But just by being a bit classy and well written.
2: Yes, although now that we're all saying this, I'm now wondering if there would be a really shocked, disgusted and outraged person who would then give me a stack of reasons
1: yeah. why Tootsie is wildly offensive. It probably is. Let's, ju- let's find out when this goes out. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean, I suspect that's going to happen, that someone's going to go, hang on a second. This
1: is about
0: gender issues and it's that's a minefield. And, and Yeah. I, or I I mean, I think maybe that's worth asking, basically. I, I'm, I'm a man, you're a man, you're not a man. Not yet. And I watch this with a very different set of expectations than probably... Uh, how old are you when you first watched it?
2: I would have been ten.
0: So you're at a stage where these issues of gender and things are going to start to become an
2: issue. Yeah, and I was just—I mean, I was just laughing at uh, that. There, there is a bloke dressed as a, yeah. as a granny. It's that a was pantomime. pretty. It was like Mrs. Doubtfire level yeah. of understanding. You know, there's, he's going to be embarrassed or whatever. This right. is embarrassing. Right. But weirdly,
0: I think this. Speaking as a man, I Mm. think it stands up fairly well Mm. as being fairly fair. But what was the effect on you as a woman watching it and re-watching it as you grow older?
2: I suppose the thing that would be the politically dicey thing is that it was a man who was able to say all these things. That's yeah. probably the bit where you go. oh, Hang on, now are we get? Are we nudging into territory where? Oh, look, I'm just I'm trying to preempt.
0: Drag splaining.
2: Yes, <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> I just wonder if that if, if, if that could be a possible take on that. But I I don't. But then I I still think it works because they do set up Michael Dorsey as quite an unlikable character yeah. from the yes, get go. That's true. He and yep, with a yep. massive blind spot. Yep. You yes. know, and you've got to have. You can't just have omniscient, kind characters learning nothing for the duration of a 90-minute... Uh, you know, like, they've got to start from a position of needing to learn something. And I think he he had to learn so much, and he did learn it Yeah. through this... As you say, you walk, you know, in another person's stilettos.
0: Exactly. I like the fact that he occasionally stumbles, but only usually in long shots. Great.
2: Oh, so great.
0: But um, I think maybe that's it. Maybe this is an odd film, because I think I might... I, I was lumping it together with a lot of films that my probably watched this. My mum enjoyed it and things. And I, you think of it, oddly, it's got a woman on the poster. My brain goes, oh, it's a woman's picture.
3: Yeah, it's right. kind
0: of a feminist woman's picture. It's not. It's not about women. Mm. Women know this stuff already. Yeah. This is about educating men. Yes, and it's about a man learning that he shouldn't be such an asshole. Yeah. So oddly, yeah, is. this isn't a film for women to watch and go, hey, I feel empowered. Yeah. This is a man a film for men to watch and go, I shouldn't be such a wanker.
2: But then the thing that kind of troubles me slightly about um, uh, the, the the story w- where you know Dustin Hoffman you know suddenly realised that he wasn't a looker as a woman, there is something that aggravates me about that. To, yeah. to be honest, that story is w- what really you couldn't you couldn't figure that out before. until before you spent a week in hair and makeup and found out that you weren't a hot woman. It like. Y- that, that is a blind spot of staggering kind of Oddly, proportions.
0: That's the thing that Michael Dorsey would say.
2: Exactly. Um, and I, I kind of don't believe it either. I think it's one of those stories that sound fantastic on the actor's studio. Yeah. And probably <laughs> a story that he trotted out over the years and thought, this gets a good response. Yeah, <laughs> Because there is something about it that I go, oh, bullshit, mate. What You hadn't... You you knew that you chased hot women. You knew that you chased hot women.
1: Honestly, it sounds like he's probably rewriting the key line of the film, isn't it? Which is the, I was was a better man with you You as a woman woman than I ever was was with a a woman as As a a man. man. Yeah.
2: Right. So, so he, it sounds
1: like that's his anecdote version of the, of the point of the film.
2: Yes, and every time he told the anecdote, people obviously gave him a lot, you know, oh, that's brilliant, that's so amazing. So I think that probably became built into the yeah. folklore. But I don't buy it for one second that Dustin Hoffman, at all the parties and all the women that he nailed, didn't figure out that he was nailing the hot ones because he was a superstar. <laughs> like, I kind of, I find yeah, that yeah. a little bit, come on, mate. Do you think he nailed the hot
1: ones? I, yeah, yeah, I
2: reckon, yeah. I, reckon, yeah. I, reckon. Yeah. I reckon, I reckon. I think when you're that famous, Yeah. And also there's all the grubby allegations that have come out. Oh, yeah. You know, and some, I mean, ugh, I just, you know, ugh, God. Have we just spoiled the film? No. No, no we, are not going film. To, we are not going to spoil the film because it is still a fantastic Film.
1: And we haven't even got round to talking about Gene Shalit and Andy Warhol yet, have we?
2: Oh, and What are they doing Warhol. in this film? I know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ch- go to see he go, and he's got his. I mean, what's going on there? It's just oh, can, brilliant. It's very also,
1: odd moment. Can that, isn't also it?
2: put a fan up for, so. Uh,
0: there's loads of. This is a good era for the theme music from films becoming things that became first dances at weddings. Like yes. No-one has danced to the theme from Tootsie. It's not, well, a, fa- it's not a song know. that exists very well out... It's not I Had the Time of My Life.
2: I'm going I'm to I'm gonna have to question mark that one because... Did you? Yeah, no, I make love to that song with my husband for nearly 20 years now. <laughs> though. I mean, it didn't exist outside of the film. (laughs) You're right, and I wonder why, because uh, it, it should. It kind of should. It's not nine to
1: five, is it? And, and it's it was. not even I'm your weatherman from Groundhog Day.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which, of course, first dance at the wedding. Mate, yep. Yeah, great. Obviously, Tootsie as well,
0: it, it was the second highest grossing film of that year. It was yes. a massive hit. Ten Huge. Oscar nominations. Yeah. I think it, yeah, it came second to E.T. that year.
2: And also a comedy wow. that got acknowledged at the Oscars. I mean, he yeah. got a yeah. he got yeah. a best actor, like a nomination. Jessica Jessica Lang won. Won for, the, for and she's. Brilliant is she, she she's I mean, she is fabulous in it. She she's there's a line that makes me laugh every time. It's just when um uh Dorothy Michaels has gone in to kiss her and she she freaks out and, and she goes, "Oh, what's going on? What's going on?" And then the phone rings and then she picks up a kid's toy and goes, "Hello." Dusts <laughs> <And, laughs> it off and goes, "That's a corn cob," <laughs> and it, it's just the madness of the, the this moment where she's tried this mother figure's tried to kiss her and she answers the phone and it's a squidgy corn cob. It's just. Just so many little things like that. There's space
0: for clowning. When that happened, I I thought, wow, that is a very good clowning joke. And we're not at that point in the thing. We're at quite a tense moment. And it's not afraid to drop those bits in and go, here's a really straight bit of sitcom clowning.
2: I totally agree. And I think that my favourite comedies have all got that confidence to turn on a dime at any given Mm. moment that they can... Land you in either sadness or awkwardness, or the
0: reality of it is. I mean, C- Ken Campbell said that once. He said that all uh, dramas without jokes in should be banned as n- as unrealistic. Yes. The whole point of drama is to reflect life. If there's no jokes in it, it's not reflecting life, so it should have its funding removed.
2: That's great. I- and it's
0: true. And it's there's the beautiful Jessica Lange's beautiful uh, monologue about the wallpaper in her, bedr- her bedroom. Yeah, waiting about- for the flowers to open, waiting for the rosebuds to open. And, you go, oh. and it builds up the big purple flowers. And her mum said, "Don't let do the big purple flowers go for the day. the ones of the daisies."
3: I made a million plans looking at this wallpaper. I was always waiting for these rosebuds to open.
0: and then at that moment you're just in tears so beautifully then he rolls over and his wig and the wig, wig
2: goes up. over the face and you go yeah. that yeah.
0: is how to end that scene because you can't end that scene because the yeah. contract with the audience they've come to see Titsy it's a comedy yeah. the contract is we cannot end on the rosebuds but yeah. we have had the rosebuds you've had that so now double down yeah. with a bit of physical comedy yeah
2: Brilliant. and also just um, that there was a separate wig with rollers in it <laughs> that's yes. such a funny idea that that's the bedtime wig yeah, yeah. that that's <coughs> forgotten about that the, the you know with the flowers and the wallpaper What a beautiful... That's just one of those touches. And you kind of think, if I can ever do that with one of my scripts, if I can ever layer that in or build that into anything that I'm doing, this idea of a film that that it can be about worlds. And that's just something that, you know, whenever I've had any opportunity, I think if I could layer in something like that, that, that just so impressed me about that. And you know, because we are working with miniatures, aren't we? There are these people in this place and time and we're and playing them off against each other and this is their story.
0: So you've got, uh, got scripts and films here that just set a very high bar, but also say more is possible. Because when, you, when you're writing day to day, again, we said that the biggest problem is getting people to go through a, a door. Yeah. I can't get these characters to bicker properly. They appear to like each other too much. I can't do it. Yeah. Well, when you see a film that, that manages to, not only make the characters real, but make a, say, make, I make a bigger point mm. or just be a complete success in so many levels, and it makes you try harder, I suppose. Yes,
2: yes, absolutely. Is that
0: what, Tootsie, is it? Is it just there as a little beacon of going, if you could, within this silly job that we do, yeah. writing jokes, it is possible to do something that is formally perfect.
2: Do you know what, though? I tried to layer in stuff like that into the show <laughs> I wrote, and every person who read the script went, I think you can get rid of that wow. bit. Wow. Because it's just a bit boring. <laughs> 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 like... Does so, it make, did you make you appreciate the skill
0: even more? They can put the boring bits in and
2: not yes. have them spotted. Yes, how did you make it interesting? <laughs> you know, it,
0: it, Does it make, make you appreciate when you see something yes. that works and you go, they got the themes in yeah. and the heart in and the characters in. You're always wondering at, at, at something that is firing on all cylinders.
2: Yes, yeah. And
0: so often you have to lose a cylinder. I mean, I always, the, the comparison I always use is you, you, you build a car and after all, you, I give it some fins and an aerial yeah. and a thing and a spoiler, and you start rolling it down the road, and all those bits just fall off, so and true. you end up with four wheels and a chassis, and go, well, yeah. it's not very elegant, but those bits are a car, and yeah. the bits I added on that aren't a car, they're not. A car. That's a that's a fish's head. That doesn't really go on. <laughs>
3: Why that's not put a, a
2: fish's head? On the I bonnet. thought it'd be
0: good. Uh, watching something again and again like like this makes you realise that sometimes. Yeah. You can pull it off.
2: But also do you get that thing when you you write the thing and then you're on set? And the first thing I do when I'm on set is just put red lines through so (laughs) much of, like, you get there and you go, this four-page scene could easily we could do this in two and a half pages. Yeah. Like, you just get on set and you're going, this is too cumbersome and yeah. all the other you're stuff. You're embarrassed to... people having to do it. Yeah, you're like, don't, just, don't, <laughs> yeah, just forget that line. You don't even <laughs> say it. Don't worry about it. And I can't get over how florid my writing is when I'm at my computer. And then and then when you sit there on set and you go, this is not how people talk. This is not. Yeah. And I wonder if that's also, you know, Tootsie was, that's a fucking thing though. Tootsie was 35 years ago, 37 yeah. years ago. And it's really naturalistic dialogue. I'm not, I'm not yeah, watching yeah. it going, nah, it's not how people talk. Yeah. It sounds, it's got the rhythm, it's got the modern rhythm to it. It's yeah. actually yeah. got a very modern pacing, like the sort of Seinfeld kind. Yeah, of
0: you've got in there a character like like Bill Murray's character who is mm. speaking in a very naturalistic, very very modern, very laconic, very improvised way. Mm. But he doesn't stand out. Yes, he's got the same voice as Terry Gar, and Terry Gall's got the same voice as Sydney Pollack. They've yeah. all got the same voice, and it all Builds a world in which you do not question yeah. a wildly improbable story like
3: this. Yeah.
2: yeah. But also, they really cleverly, and again, I'm always uh, taken by what good psychologists writers have to be. Like the scene in the Russian tea room where he goes and he sits with Sidney Pollack yeah. and he goes. To see if he gets spotted. Right. And the waiter, she, you know, she flirts a bit with the waiter. He goes, May I say that's a lovely tie? And the waiter says, well, thank you. You know, and, and there's a bit of. Everyone in the Russian tea room is buying her as Dorothy yes. Michaels. You know, they they road tested it in a public space and everyone in the public space went with it and that's giving us the green light yeah. to go up. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yep. so in a public space, everybody <laughs> believes it. Therefore, this must, This. must. Yeah. we're constantly being given the psychological cues that the trick is working. Yeah. Yes. It's got nothing to do with whether we think it works. We're watching people believe that it works, which is... Yeah, and well, that carries you, doesn't
0: it? As a script, as a performance, as a piece of directing, this is basically a magic trick.
2: It is a magic It absolutely is a magic trick. Every time I watch it and I'm still laughing, even though my brain is trying to crunch all the layers of magic... <laughs> And I'm still amused. And there's also just the nostalgia thing that it just yeah. reminds me of, you know. And I've just had a lovely little connection there uh, that Elaine May did a pass on yep. Tootsie. Yep. She also directed the remake of La Cage a Fall. She did The uh-huh. Birdcage. Oh, so, oh, did she? I mean, no, no all every, all anyone ever wants to talk about is Ishtar. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she, did, uh, she directed The Birdcage. That's my grandmother's kind of, my because my grandmother's Jewish and she was very... Very connected to her Jewishness, like her family you know I think a lot of the stuff that she liked certainly there was yeah. that kind of the Jewish comedy you know, she 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 yeah. loved and introduced me to to, to people like that like, it's no way I would have found Nichols and May, which is another you know I mean that's another God this I mean those are just, the fact that that was the f- 1950s yeah yeah I know how bloody ahead of its time
1: Jesus. Wow.
0: But that again, that that heritage that's in here, and passing it on via your grandmother to you, and then you here many years later saying, "This is still standing up. This is still working. This is still as good a mainstream
2: Mm.
0: huge hit American comedy can last for." decades afterwards, and still be good.
2: It, it also, it's not afraid. And I think sometimes we can be a little bit afraid, certainly in, in my own writing. And I lost that fear just when I became desperate for jokes. <laughs> but don't be afraid to do the stupid thing. You are like, there's that, 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 the, the way they end the, the scene when Michael uh, Dorsey is trying on Terry Gar's clothing, she's in the shower, and you're like, don't do it, mate, you're going to get busted. Mm. He's trying on the clothes. And then she comes out of the shower and goes, ah, oh, Michael, what are you doing? And he's kind of half undressed and then he doesn't know what to do or say so he just walks towards her with his pants around his ankles just <laughs> going i want you sandy i want you <laughs> and it's such a stupid end to the scene a guy with his trousers around his ankles yeah. walking in a like a like a penguin towards her going yeah. i want you sandy like don't be afraid of those and the same do the the, basics. don't be afraid of the the silliness that's what i love about that film is that it is five star 100 like 10 out of 10 genius but it's just not afraid to also just be, just be stupid. It just wants you know, to have yeah. fun. I
0: mean, yes. It's, it's got, again, this is a thing that got nominated for Oscars and it's a comedy. It's rare as anything. But yeah. the main thing it's doing is entertaining you. It's doing it very cleverly. It's got a political point to make. Yeah. But none of that stuff falls off. All that stuff is, is integral to it. It's a really good example of how you can make a very big, very mainstream, mm. preposterous, high-concept comedy and not be remotely dumb. Yes. Which is, I think is probably, yeah, that's why it's a magic trick. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for bringing to us. Oh, thank Lovely thanks, to revisit
2: Thanks, John. I enjoyed this so thank much. You. Thank you.